Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. One of those sessions where we talk about goal setting for couples in all of your goals, and I believe you should have goals in your life, spiritual goals, family goals, job goals, social goals, in all of our goals, the things that God is doing in our hearts, the things He's challenging us with, make sure God is always included in all of those. This is what it means here. It's, we ought to say, if this is the Lord's will, we'll do such and so. Whether you're seeking healing for yourself or praying for someone else, there is something that can hinder your communication with God. Sin. If you're a person of faith, the Lord wants to deal with the transgressions in your life. Sin mucks up your relationship with Him by creating distance and confusion. Once you're right with Him, only then can you have faith that you're seeking Him with a pure heart. As we'll see today in Second Chronicles, Hezekiah will have to humble himself before the Lord when he's seeking to avoid God's wrath against the people. Once his heart is right, God can listen and respond to his pleas and answer his prayers. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 32, verse 24, for part one of our message entitled, The Ups and Downs of Life. One of the things that happens in this fellowship, you know, if you want to get married by us, there's some things that has to take place. Certainly you can't be sleeping together, you have to both be Christians, there's different things that we go through, and then we go through a four-month counseling session and whatever. A number of, But one of the things that we get to a chapter we ask them to do is this. I challenge them to look ahead three years or five years and then tell me, what their life is going to be like. Interesting answers. I want you tonight to, if Jesus wouldn't come back, you go three years ahead from where you are right now tonight. What's going to be happening in your life? And let's just focus on the, the spiritual part of your life tonight. What, what is going to be, where are you going to be three years from tonight with the Lord? We're going to see in our in our Bible study tonight, the ups and downs, the roller coaster of some very interesting people who were, some of them very godly, and then, boy, they had a really tough time. Others of them very ungodly, and then kind of had a good time, and then we leave with one that just didn't have it. Where will you be? I mean, I would assume since you're here tonight, you would desire to be growing spiritually three years from now. Neat things would be happening. How will that take place? How will you be different than some of you are now? When I talk about the ups and downs of life, the roller coaster, some of you are going to go, man, he's on my case. He knows me. He's going to, is he going to mention my name? <laughs> no, I'm not. And I don't know all of that. But that's what life can be about. Well, how can we change that? Well, we're going to see some principles no matter where you're at, prodigal or full on with God and how we can stay full on with God. Chapter 
32, we have to finish a couple verses, and we're only going to do chapter 33 tonight. It's because I don't have time to do anything else, so too much good stuff. Verse 24. Remember, Hezekiah was a great king, made tremendous reforms. It says, in those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death, and he prayed to the Lord, who answered him and gave a miraculous sign. Now keep your little bookmark there and go back to 2 Kings chapter 20. Same passage, except with an, an added verse or an added emphasis. Put your house, in verse 1, put your house in order because you're going to, uh, you're going to die. That was what was given to him before we really see that he went and, and prayed, and you'll see that as we go through there. Life is temporary. Plan on it. Life is valuable. Invest it. And life is precious. Enjoy it. The book of James says this. Let me just read it to you. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to this city, we'll do this, we'll do that, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow on September 11th. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You say, well, I don't know about that. I'm lived to be 100 years. Well, in a billion years, how does that appear? As a mist. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. One of those sessions where we talk about goal setting for couples. In all of your goals, and I believe you should have goals in your life, spiritual goals, family goals, job goals, social goals, in all of our goals, the things that God is doing in our hearts, the things He's challenging us with, make sure God is always included in all of those. This is what it means here. It's, we ought to say, if this is the Lord's will, we'll do such and so. Now, verse 2, remember verse 3, we'll just kind of paraphrase some of this. Hezekiah cries, turns to God and says, I'm, I'm not happy, basically, about this death sentence. In verse 3, he kind of says, well, God, I've walked before you faithfully in wholehearted devotion. I've done what was good. How come, how come I'm going to have to die? Out of a hundred people that are born, how many die? All of us who live will die. It's appointed unto man that wants to, to die. So it's going to happen. Hezekiah didn't want it at that moment. Verse 4. So he prayed to God. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I've heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant, David. That just reminds us again that God said, I will heal you. It's my desire to heal you. It is right, and you'll see this in a moment, it is right, even in the face of death, to pray for God's healing. I believe that, because God even healed in the Bible after death. But there is a time when God's will for us is to die. We'll be out of here. It'll be done. Smuckers or not, we're out of here. 
110, 120, what, we're gone. Now, notice in verse 7, then Isaiah said, prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boil, or maybe a cancer or infectious boil. Who knows what was happening? Could have staph all through his body. We don't know. And he recovered. So it was a supernatural miracle. We don't know exactly how that worked. You can't go down to your local health food store or whatever and buy it, but it, it worked, and, it, and God used that and the obedience and the obedience to heal this man. Now keep your finger there. Turn back to James chapter 5, almost to the end of your Bible. James chapter 5. What does God say to us today? Now in the church, as when we talked on giving, there's all kinds of abuse. People come into your home always asking for stuff, whatever. There's all kinds of abuse in giving. There's also all kinds of abuse in healing. We hear all these things, we see all these things, and sometimes we know that these people who are claimed whatever aren't healed, and man, it isn't verified, and people just laugh. But God does legitimately still heal. And James chapter 5, in verse 13, kind of gives us an understanding of at least one spot. As we go through the book of Acts, you'll see many more. God has not rescinded these guidelines, these commands. They're still here for us. Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Well, Hezekiah just did that. Didn't even know it was here, but he did it. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered, notice there's a stipulation after it. How should it be offered? In faith. So if you're a prayer counselor here in this fellowship, if you're an elder, if you're praying for people, it should be offered in faith. Faith is the evidence of things not really seen. Well, I'll believe as soon as they're healed. No, that doesn't work that way. You pray in faith. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And notice, the Lord will raise him up. Not us, not the ministry, not some kind of a church, the Lord. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Interesting verse right after this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So I've written this little statement to us tonight. We should always pray for others in faith. Again, if you're praying for somebody out of a job, needing help, filled with, uh, you know, whatever kind of situation in their life, including physical things, often the person that's hurting, you know, loss of a job or or whatever, the, the physical, whatever, they don't have enough faith. We have to be the people that will have the faith for them. I mean, God uses that. You see healing throughout the Bible all kinds of times. People that had no faith at all, others that Jesus said, you're well because your faith healed you. So there's all this mixture. But often you and I, when a person comes to us, calls us on the phone and saying, man, I'm really hurting here. There's a situation I need help. We often are the people that have to have faith for them. Notice, we should always pray for others in faith, expecting that God will heal them. Then we leave the matter in God's hands. Now, why is sin mentioned in this passage with healing and confessing and so forth? Here's why. Sin hinders faith. 
So if you're asking to be prayed for and there's sin in your life and you know it, you certainly won't have faith to be healed because God wants to deal with the sin issue before he deals with your body issue. Sin has eternal consequences. Sickness is just for here. But secondly, I can't be a man or a woman of faith if I have sin in my life. So if, if you're a prayer counselor, an elder, whatever, and you're back there, I'm back there praying for people, and, you know, my wife and I just fussed as we walked in the church, and we're arguing, and I've said some things. Well, excuse yourself, get somebody else to pray for people, because your words will mean nothing, because you can't offer them in faith, because you know you're not right with God. Now, that's true for all of us. Remember, God says, you come to the altar, you got a gift you want to do. He says, something wrong in your heart, you go make it right before you come and offer the gift to God. So that's why I believe that passage is there. Now, we don't understand healing. I don't understand why God heals some people and doesn't seem to heal other people. My mother was a wonderful woman. She died at 43, breast cancer. People prayed. Everybody prayed. I knew she wasn't in sin. I, I mean, I don't know why. I, don't, I still pray for people. I still see people healed. My wife was healed. I've been healed. If you've been healed, if you've been a Christian, you've been healed. But I don't understand it. I don't understand God's ways. Well, the scripture says that. God's ways are not our ways. But that doesn't keep me praying in faith and believing. Now, I don't believe that you do that and throw your medicine away and just whatever. We don't believe that either. There'll be evidence that you can do that if you're totally healed. And I don't believe that many of the things that we see, sorry to say, are truly healings. I believe it's things in the mind. And if you'd follow those people a few days after, many of those people, there is no proof. When God heals, Lazarus didn't go back in the grave the next day. When the lame man in Acts 3, when we get there, he went leaping around and praising God. You didn't come to him. That was Wednesday. You didn't come to him on Friday. And he's back at the gate begging. He was healed. So when God heals, he heals. Now eventually we're going to die. But it shouldn't be the next day. That isn't a healing. You got it? Now, you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, listen, James died. He was martyred. Peter was in jail. God delivered him. He died later. Stephen, young man, taken. The apostle John, old man, taken. Why? It's God. So you pray in faith, you leave it to God. I don't know why, but I always pray in faith because God definitely heals. Back to verse 8. Hezekiah asked Isaiah, here's this great man of God, has seen all these things, and he says to Isaiah, well, what will be the sign that the Lord will heal me? I would have probably said to him, you'll be alive tomorrow. I mean, what, what other sign do you need? But I'm glad I wasn't there. And... Uh, and that I will go to the temple of the Lord on the third day from now. What do you really see here? Well, I think what you really see here is us. We see humanity. Hezekiah was a godly man, but he showed his humanity. Can you relate? I mean, God's been gracious to me. I mean, God's proven things over and over in my life, but sometimes I still, I'm going to be a man. It's, it's easier to walk by sight than it is by faith. Hezekiah says, well, it sounds good, but what's the proof? Well, remember what the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I also remember, and as we go through this, remember one day Jesus said to Simon, Simon, put out 
into the deep water and let your nets down. Simon, being like all of us, said, Well, Master, we worked all night. We're the fishermen. You're not. We haven't caught anything. But then he said something very wise. Because you say so, or at your word, I will let the nets down. See, we want to do, at your word, God, I'll do it. You're telling me to do it? At your word. I don't understand how it's going to work, but at your word, I'll do it. You remember that night, they caught so many fishes, the nets begin to break. So it's about the word of God. Verse 9, Isaiah answered, This is the Lord's sign to you, that the Lord will do what he promised. Shall the shadow, the shadow knows. This is where that, this is where that whole series can't, no, it isn't at all. <laughs> This is the law. Shall the shadow go forward 10 steps? Or shall it go back 10 steps? You see, this was a sundial. Sundials were kind of invented by the uh, Babylonians. There was all kinds, and this evidently was some kind of a staircase that was built there. And the, the shadow that would be cast on it would it'd be your Timex in those days. Tell you what would happen. So Isaiah says, well, here's what God's do. Would you, would you like it to go ahead to 10 degrees or would you like it to go back 10 degrees? Your, the choice is yours. I don't know. Interesting comment in verse 10. It's a simple matter for the shadow to go forward 10 steps. In other words, that's the way it always goes. If we wait long enough, the sun's going down, the shadow's going to go up. He said this, rather, a little more difficult to turn the clock back to turn the sun back to make it go back 10 steps. Then the prophet Isaiah called upon the Lord and the Lord made the shadow go back the 10 steps it had gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. Now how did that happen? There's some commentators that believe it was just a local thing that they saw right there. There's many other commentators believe it was kind of a worldwide thing. And Pastor Chuck has an illustration, he uses it, but a lot of other people have used it before, that we remember that the earth is on a, is rotating on an axis. So, I mean, could God have just suddenly stepped in, you know, if I have this ball spinning here and just kind of put my hand on it for a moment, it slows it down, and then you let it and it goes back again. I don't know, but it's an interesting thing as I was reading Pastor Chuck's thing. You ever been on one of those, what are they, little, like a little merry-go-round, but they're not. You get on that sucker and, you, and somebody stops it real quick. What happens? The kids go, bing, all of that. Well, can you imagine stopping the earth? Bing, here goes all the people out into space. We all would have been space cadets or whatever. How did that not happen? God. Now, see, if you, if you can get by this, you have no problem with this. You say, this is impossible. Now, Pastor Mark, now really, this is against the laws of physics. No kidding. <laughs> That's why it's a miracle. I mean, how do you get Lazarus out of the grave after been dead all those days? It's against the laws of physics. It's not against the laws of God. See, in the beginning, God. If you and I can accept that, the rest is kind of easy. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. You see... Our concept of God is about this big. One of the things I'm excited about is when we get to heaven, our natural mind certainly would be blown by what we see and what in the world God has created. It's amazing. So just take your concept of God and go, this is okay. It's all right. I don't have a problem with it. God's a big God. It's going to work. That's why it's a miracle. That's why God heals. How can you take some figs and put it on here? And he's healed. It's because of God. It goes against the laws of physics. It's impossible. 
but not with God. All things are possible. How do you have a lady, a young woman, 12, 13, 14, never had sexual relationships, has a baby in her womb? It's against the law of physics. You got it. That's because it's God. So see, we got to be God, don't we? We're not God. Relax. God's God. Let's let him be God. Just believe it. And you believe it? That's what's faith. It's not weird. Just faith. Verse 25, Hezekiah's heart. Now, after all this happened, interesting, Hezekiah's heart was proud. We're back in, by the way, Second Chronicles. Sorry. That was a miracle. Chapter 32, verse 25. We're going to get to chapter 33 in a moment. But Hezekiah's heart was proud. He did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore, the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. Now think about this for a moment. Here we have this incredible high in the spiritual life of Hezekiah. I mean, we just saw a wonderful Shennacherib, a wonderful victories. Then we see this miracle healing. He's given 15 years to live. And what's he do with the extra years? Starts downhill. And you're going to see during this time, his son Manassas is born. And you're going to see the way Manassas starts out. Maybe he shouldn't have asked for the 15 years. See, God really knows when we should be out of here. And I don't want to be here one day longer than God wants me here. So we don't really know, but it's very interesting. Here's on this great spiritual high, and then he goes down low. I want you to skip verse 26, and I want to read all the way down 27 through 31. You're going to see why his heart became proud, and he didn't respond to God's kindness. Verse 27, Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made treasuries for his silver and gold and for the precious stones, spices, shields, all kinds of valuables. He also made buildings to store the harvest of grain, new wine and oil, and he made stalls for various kinds of cattle and pens for the flocks. He built villages and acquired great numbers of flocks and herds, for God had given him great riches. It was Hezekiah who blocked the upper outlet of the Gihon Spring and channeled the water down to the west side of the city of David. He succeeded in everything he undertook. But when the envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. What happened? What caused Hezekiah to go from here down to this super low of just basically forgetting God, being very prideful? Really three things. The very same kind of things that we struggle with. He became self-conscious. He was wise. He thought, well, I blocked the water, so that's why the victory. I have all of these things. Look at me. And now I'm healed, and people are coming and looking at me and going, wow, tell us about that miracle. Well, you know, I I was a very spiritual man, and I prayed in faith, and all the focus went from God to Him. When Hezekiah knew his life was at an end, he called out to God, who heard his plea, and gave him 15 more years to live. Although the Lord gave him a longer life, Hezekiah became prideful. Hezekiah did repent, but as we saw, his son did not follow in his footsteps. 
After Manasseh became king, he reinstated all the pagan practices Hezekiah had done away with and added even more. God was not his source of wisdom. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues through Second Chronicles for the conclusion of Hezekiah's life at the beginning of his son's reign. Hezekiah will have some ups and downs in his relationship with the Lord, but will remain faithful to the Lord. His son will be a king totally opposed to God. But when a critical moment occurs in his life, Manasseh will seize the opportunity to consider who he is serving. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right.